Welcome into Honorado and Bagnardi afternoon edition, nearing the end of my bedtime. If you're watching us on Thursday, which I hope you are, um, on the New Channel 13 Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube pages. If you're watching us Saturday night on my four, don't worry, you haven't missed the Super Bowl. We'll still give our picks. Wouldn't this be the beginning of your bedtime? Uh, what did I say? Miss, mi- the, uh, end, the end of your bedtime. Oh, uh, yeah, no, maybe past my bedtime. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really my fault we're doing this because I'm the one who has the schedule change this week during the Olympics, producing the noon instead of the late shows. So it's all messed up. I'm not available at 10. I'm actually busy working. Yeah. Working is a liberal use of the word there. But yes, busy maybe is a better way to put it. Um, all right. So our Super Bowl 56 picks. Bags, do 56 in Roman numerals for me, real quick. Uh, the L V X five V I L V I L V I. This is like, it's a, it, this is a national conversation now. Like, why, oh, right, can't, Sorry. why can't we get past the Roman numerals? We're up. So like, let's just do five side by side with a six NFL enough. Stop trying to outsmart us all super bowl five, six. Yeah. But isn't that part of it for you now? It has been, yeah, but now it's too difficult when I want to type it out. Or if you say to me, like, if I just see the logo of a past Super Bowl, I don't know what that is quickly. True. Maybe Maybe I'm ignorant. Is that that is the number one thing Roman numerals are still relevant for, right? Maybe the only thing. The only thing. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. The only thing. Yeah. Yeah. Unless we get another world war, we'll use a a three three eyes. That's it. Yes. Great. Looking forward to that. Yeah. All right. Uh, so our Super Bowl picks, we're reacting to what's going on at the Olympics, of course, as you watch them on News Channel 13. There is news in the NBA in terms of the trade deadline and in Major League Baseball with the labor negotiations there. We've got it all for you here on Honorado and Bagnardi. Let's get it going. This is Honorado and Bagnardi, brought to you by Outfit House. All right, Bags, our thanks to all of our sponsors here on this show as we get closer and closer to a full year in the books. We started before football season, obviously. In, in April. So this is our first Super Bowl prediction. And shout out to John Collin from our graphics department, who has done great work all season for us in our NFL Pick'em presented by Pick 6 Vodka. This is John's last time to shine in the NFL season. And we'll, yep. we'll show our picks here coming up here shortly. Rams, Bengals, does this do anything for you? Obviously, we, we will always watch the game no matter who they put out there. But this matchup in particular, Stafford and Burrow. McVay and Taylor, two young coaches. Are you fired up for this matchup, aside from it being a Super Bowl? Of course. Aren't you? I mean, you just th- – this. you want the game to have star power, right? And you want it to have offensive star power. Because unless you have, like, the Ravens defense with Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and such, that there's not going to be as much of that excitement because of – who the stars are with the stars are bringing to the table on a defensive side, but this has it, man. Stafford is there. Burrow is the up and coming guy who is is not up and coming. He's the present now, not the future. So, yes, those two alone 
plus Chase is exciting. You mentioned with the coaches. This this has all of the ingredients that you want going into a Super Bowl. It has a heavy favorite at three and a half points for the Rams. That's a heavy favorite when you look at Super Bowl spreads traditionally. So that gives it that heavy underdog element too, which I think people can jump on board with is this, the Cats here, the Bengals being the underdogs of this game. So it's exciting. And that was a four and a half number earlier this week. So it has come down a little bit in Vegas. We The graphic we have below right now is three and a half. But when we first made a graphic element for the show, it was four and a half. So that number has moved already towards Cincinnati side um, of things. I'm fired up for this matchup, yes, because Stafford has come such a long way in his career. And now here he is in the Super Bowl playing in what is the home stadium for the Rams. But you said it. Burrow has more than arrived. Uh, he has put everybody on notice who just considers Rodgers and Mahomes and previously Brady to be the elite quarterbacks in the NFL. Burrow is quickly going to insert himself into that conversation. The two matchups that I'm most looking forward to, you mentioned Jamar Chase, Jalen Ramsey on the other side for Los Angeles. Is he going to travel the field with Chase and basically say, I'm locking you down every single play? And then the same side of the ball really is I want to see that Rams pass rush against that Bengals offensive line where Burrow is running for his life, what sacked eight, nine times against the Titans. Yeah. Um, and so does that O-line hold up well enough against Aaron Donald and, and Von Miller, who's who's kind of reborn in a lot of ways after the trade to the Rams? So for me, those are the two matchups I'm, I'm most, most interested in. All right, you want to give us your picks on today's show? What I, I want to hear them. Jeff, good afternoon, man. Been a while, buddy. I'm glad you can catch us in the afternoons now. Jay Polatsky, Robbie's watching as well. So if you guys have Super Bowl predictions you want to make, yeah, we'd love on. to hear them on the show. Yeah, I'm I'm excited too because this game should be close. You, I would expect it to be. I, you know, the playoffs have been insane, right? And we talk about the last two weeks of the playoffs, the championship round, the divisional round just being two of the best football weeks you could put together. And I think it's because there was so much parity in the league this year, even near the top, where you had those upper-tier teams that weren't at that next level or was so clear, right? Even Brady, even Patrick Mahomes, they showed things during the season where it was like, yeah, these two guys are not necessarily just going to blow the doors off of everybody in the playoffs. It's going to be a challenge if they get there. And now, yeah. of course, neither one got there. So I expect it to stay in line, I hope. I hope it's not a letdown after what's been a great playoffs and we have one of these teams, you know, get ahead by two or three scores late and we don't get that exciting finish because that's, of course, what we want the most in a Super Bowl, especially if it's between two teams you don't have a real serious rooting interest in. Um, but this one this one brings a lot. And for all the stars I mentioned on, on offense, you, you pointed out, there are stars on the other side too. So it really does have everything, the complete package of a Super Bowl. Now it's just got to deliver. All right, let's let's give our picks here, right? The people okay. have have waited a, a long enough, and and I just want to show off the graphic element here, bags. So NFL pick them all season long, presented by Ooh. Pick Six Vodka. Here we go. We are both on the Rams, and we both 
say, well, I'm looking at, I was looking at a four and a half point number. Yeah. I like Cincy to cover this thing. So give me 27, 24, I guess. If it, if the number goes back in the other direction and it's four and a half, I'll stick with this one. But we both like the Rams and we both say it's a one possession game. You've got it as a field goal. So because the line has moved by a point, your prediction has moved by a point. Yes, because if I'm betting money, as yeah. I will on a mobile application, I am going to pick the Bengals to cover. But you wouldn't. You you initially, in your mind, said, I am going to have them losing this game by four. And now that the spread is three and a half, you magically think they're going to cover that? Why? Yes, because I think they will keep this game within the spread. What if the spread goes to two and a half? It won't by Sunday. It won't. It won't. Don't play hypotheticals with me. All right. Uh, yes, we're both picking the Rams, although I'm having a hard time deciding who I'm rooting for in this game because right, I, when I, it comes down to it, if the Bengals are down by two or one and Burrow's got the ball with a minute left, are you will you find yourself rooting for a game winning field goal or touchdown? Probably. Probably. Yeah. yeah, that's probably what it's all. I'm going to root for the, the team that's losing to start because you want I want it to be close and okay. then late. I will be rooting for probably whoever has the ball last and a chance to win if it's a close game. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I yeah. want it to be a good game. I want it to be an exciting game. I think all things being equal, I'm pulling a little bit more for Stafford than I am for Burrow. I like Burrow's game maybe better, but you know Stafford has really paid his dues. So I'm rooting for him. And we both, with an over-under number of 48.5, we both like the over here. I, I wouldn't call this crazy high scoring by any means, but but we both like this game to go over 48.5. You like that enough to bet it? That'll yeah, be a def part of definitely, I will. Jay Pulaski says, look at the smoke. You're right. Look at the smoke. <laughs> that, is, that is some <laughs> next-level common fire on these graphics, literally. Um so you're going to bet will you will you parlay the spread and the over under? Uh yes. Yes. Yep. I will bet Bengals to cover and the game to go over. Yep. There is the there is the mobile betting advice you do not need, people. Right. Yeah, I mean obviously I, I would pick the Bengals to cover as well because I have this a three-point game. Um Adam says he likes the right. Bengals. Joe Burrow's O-line scares them. Yeah, like, like we just talked about, right? Yeah. Uh, nine sacks against Tennessee. Yeah, we just said that. I, I think, um, you know, I, I did not make a graphic for this, but if I had to pick, if we're picking an MVP in this game, honestly, I think it's Aaron Donald, and I've had that thought in my mind here for a while. I think Donald gets home to Burrow two, maybe three times, and I think, I think the store, when we wake up Monday morning, we are going to be talking about the Rams' victory because of the pass rush. I, okay, but that being said, we're both taking the over. We're both we both have high scoring games here, and you're talking about a defensive guy winning MVP. I, I don't think so. If this one goes the way we both see it going, it's going to be the quarterback for the winning team, most likely, as it is in most Super Bowls. Yeah, no kidding. Um, but again, th this one. I, I, I want to be able to root for Burrow. And a part of me says, well, Burrow, he's got more chances down the road, but you never know how this goes. You yes. never know, right? I mean, you could have said that about Patrick Mahomes, and you know, he may still have more chances as well. And he got his ring, but 
you just never know. It's really hard to get back there. The, the Tom Brady's of the world just don't come along. Right. Look, Rodgers has been there once. Yeah. Um, Breeze was there once. Mahomes, yes, has been there twice, but he still only has the one victory. Sam likes the Rams. Mm-hmm. Jeff likes the Rams. You know who Nick is picking. Yeah, well, I didn't have to put it up. He's on the he he's on the Bengals. Um, I, I, look, I, the thing that I love about this game is I think people are interested, and it, it is two teams that our area has no interest in. Right? I mean, to, yeah. to be fair, but, but it's sure. but it's football. It's the Super Bowl, and I do I really think that these are kind of two. I don't know if this is good or not, but these are two teams that nobody really hates. Maybe teams don't like the Rams because they're LA, but but nobody really hates Matthew Stafford. Uh, Joe Burrow has a swagger and style and attitude about him that will grow tired on people who don't enjoy that. He's he's very, very confident. Uh, I think it's I don't think it's an act, uh, but I love the bravado he's got that, though, will wear on people whether he wins or not. If he keeps it up, people will be like, OK, enough of this Burrow guy. Right. It's like the Bengals are unlikable, but people just don't realize it yet or won't commit to that <laughs> because they feel like, hey, these are just the, the young guys doing their thing out there. And to some degree have, have played with house money a little bit this postseason. And now they find themselves obviously with a chance to go out and win a championship. So Polatsky says he's going to hammer the Rams and the under. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That seems Look, about right. That's the guy who's paid attention. We, we don't need to show our uh, pick six results for, for the regular season Mm-mm. for people, for any regular viewer at all to understand that going against us is a good move. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right. So we both like the Rams to win. Will you bet the Bengals to cover? I will. Yep. Will you bet the game to go over or under? I'm going to bet the over. I feel more confident about the over in this game than I do even the Bengals cover. Do you know what I've found too? And even with NBA games, my buddy texts me this all the time. It's just easier to root for points. If you're if you're watching a game and you've got money on it, it's it's more difficult to root for punts and interceptions and missed field goals and stuff like I get it It, it's it's part of it but I don't know a lot of times it's just easier to hope for points how wild will you go with some of the more uh, exotics exotic bets I'll get into it yeah I'll get into it like national anthem duration oh that type of stuff coin flip yeah coin flip or the Gatorade um yeah I will do some of that okay I'm going under on the national anthem. I don't even know oh, what the number is, but low, I'm going to go under. This is a low blow from Jeff Warnick. Will you be able to stay awake for the? <laughs> uh, you know what? It's a fair question. It's a very, <laughs> no, very fair question. You did miss I will, playoff games that you shouldn't have. Yeah, that's true. But I will absolutely stay awake because Bags and I will be live at Saratoga National for the Super Bowl, five to six o'clock with special guest in person. He's going to be in the house. Wow. Super Bowl champion kicker Harrison Butker from the Kansas City Chiefs, courtesy of our guys at Novice Clothing Company, Nick and Garrett Bernardo, their partnership with Butker. And so Harrison's going to hang out with us, Shawnee, Love pre-game it. before kickoff. So you can watch your Tarikos and Collinsworths and now my all you want. Tune into us right here on the News Channel 13 Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube pages. We'll be live from five to six at Saratoga National Super Bowl Sunday. Do you did you think that the Super Bowl champion Harrison Butker, you know, his Chiefs were 
we're on the brink of doing something special again this season, and now he's <laughs> going to be hanging out with us on Super yeah. Bowl Sunday. Is no. there a bigger disappointment for an NFL player? No. Probably. See what happens. See no. what happens when you don't make the, the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's right. Carol's pumped up for it. Yeah, we are. Jason's on the Bengals mm. for sure. All right, I love it. So we got some some predictions coming in here, um, but we're fired up to be at Saratoga National on Super Bowl Sunday. Hope you guys will check that out. We kind of loosely talked about this before we jumped into the predictions. And yeah. I'm curious, I think most people are going to go Mahomes, Rogers, and you put them in whatever order you'd like now with Brady retired. Where does Burrow ascend to if he wins this Super Bowl? Or where is he now? Is he already in the conversation for you? In the conversation of what? Top five? Yes. Okay. I think he's... Would you put him in the top five today? Well, yeah. I mean, you have to go through it, right? So the problem is what you have to look at with these questions is if you put another really good quarterback, a decent quarterback in his situation, or if you no, took stop out- it with that. I hate that. No, base, base him on, on the, on the job he has done, regardless of who's around him. He can't say regardless. That's the whole, that's the whole reason of how we can judge somebody is looking at what they might do somewhere else. If you're going to compare them to other people in the league, you have to ask yourself how they would do in their shoes or vice versa. Um, right, here's some I, other if you're going on that, then yes, you have to say he is because he's still playing and nobody else is except for Stafford. So, Would you take Burrow over Josh Allen? No. Okay, that's where I think you'll kind of get that, that divide, the breaking point maybe so far is that a lot of people will go Mahomes and Rodgers. Yeah. Whatever order, I don't care, one, two. And then maybe Allen is third. I'm, I'm just looking at, I mean, Lamar Jackson, are people taking Lamar Jackson over Joe Burrow? I'm not. No. I know he has an MVP and, and Burrow doesn't, but but I'm not. Uh, Deshaun Watson hasn't played in more than a year. No. Derek Carr's a really good player. Justin Herbert's phenomenal. Would you take Herbert over Burrow? Herbert and Burrow are both, they're the Similar. ones that, yeah, because they're the way they're climbing up. I think in a couple of years from now, we could be talking about those guys at the very top of the list. But right now I'm going to put Allen ahead of both of them. And then, you know, they might fill out the top five for me. Yeah. And I, like, you're not taking Russell Wilson over him. You're not taking Garoppolo over, over him. You're not taking Kyler Murray over him. No. Uh, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's Rogers. It's Mahomes. It's Allen Herbert and Burrow. Yes, for sure. Um, Jason wants to know about Dak Prescott. Yep. Not for me over these guys that we've listed. Dak is yes. Dak is behind right. them. It, it's like, yeah, they're they're catching up. So it's like they may not be quite at Dak yet. I mean, I think they really are, but if they're not, they're they're gonna pass him pretty soon, right? And that's the way I look at these guys as ascending, whereas Dak has now kind of leveled off. And you know I'm a Dak guy. Okay, I know you are. So let me play your game. Put Dak on Cincinnati. Are they in the Super Bowl? Yeah, I think they are. You're out of your mind. There's no chance. Really? I've seen nope. Dak with with all kinds of weapons in Dallas, and they haven't delivered. And I don't care whose fault it is. I don't care if it's McCarthy with the all play right. call at the end there, or Dak not sliding late enough, not knowing to hand That's the ball off. To the... No, no. But but if I put Dak on the Bengals, it's yep. not happening. Put There's Burrow, a different put on the Cowboys. Where are they still playing? I think they're pretty darn good. I think they're, they're good. Pretty darn good, man. Yeah. Listen, I I had him ahead of Dak. Yeah. But to me, it's like real close. And if they're if they're just behind Dak, they're about to pass him anyway. So I'm I'm giving them that edge. Um, 
you you couldn't go wrong with Dak though on the Bengals. I don't think. Would you put money on a kicker to win the Super Bowl? It could happen. I wouldn't put money on it. It, it uh, absolutely could happen. Yeah, I mean, you can uh, certainly a big clutch kick late in a game combined with a couple other field goals in a low yep. scoring game. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, but I'm not. Rockman's got the Rams. He's got the Rams big. This is the biggest number, the biggest spread we've seen from any picks by viewers today. Yeah. And that's, I, I would say, if it's going to be a blowout, if you're going to tell me, hey, on Monday, this is a two score game and I didn't get to see it, I would guess definitely the Rams. Rams. Yeah. You yeah. wouldn't? No, I would. I would too. Okay. Yeah. I, I, if you told me it's a two score game, I would say, uh, the Rams just had too much for Cup and Beckham, and the defense was too good. At that, that's how I would lean to. Are you into halftime at all? Oh my God! I'm Ashley asked me the other day because we're going to be at National, and our plan was like, do we leave at halftime to get home so I can get a little bit of sleep? I don't. You're shaking your head. So you want me to stay at National till the end of the game, ten thirty? A Super Bowl? Yes, till ten thirty. I'm going to listen. I have to be in at seven the next day too. I know it's not one in the morning, but yeah. Listen, you got it. Okay. It's the right. Super Bowl. So anyway, Ash said, are you interested in halftime? Am I interested? And she's like, but that's where we talked about maybe that being our travel time. I said, can't be. If it is, I will DVR it and watch it you when I get home after the game. But but Dre, Snoop, Mary J, I, I, you can't miss it. I cannot. No right. way. This is, this is 90s hip hop, man. This is my wheelhouse. Do you think that... Oh, Sam's got a Nets question. We're going to get to the Nets in a little bit. Do, do you think that, not that it matters, but that this is like something where older viewers will be like, what is going on with this halftime? Or you think it's now it's like because the 90s, I mean, we're, we're not getting any younger. What do you think? I think it's Say the, that again because I'm, I'm distracted by some breaking news here. And let's just do it. All right, let's uh, do it. James Harden is on his way to Philadelphia. This is Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN reporting Harden from Brooklyn to Philly for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, two first round picks. They are unprotected. Wow. In 2022 and then a protected five years later in 2027. Paul Millsap also going to the deal, according to Woj. That is our executive producer, Josh Kumjan all yeah, over right. it for us so there yeah. you go bags let's take a quick time out here when we yeah. come back okay. we'll get shawnee's reaction diehard nets fan to the news that james harden has just been traded to the philadelphia 76ers the brooklyn big three now no more how soon will ben simmons actually get on the court for them though that i'm really curious about all right we're back right after this on honorado and bagnardi happiness is found in simple things the sun on your face sharing laughs at the campground getting wet relaxing together the love of family there's never been a better time to go outside and play alpenhouse pool spa boat and rv bringing families together and creating memories since 1964. 
At Marcella's Appliance Center, our commitment is to you, providing essential appliances that families depend on for cooking, refrigeration, cleaning, and sanitation, plus appliance repair. You can have peace of mind that Marcella's is here for you today and every day, like we have been since 1957, helping you make the right choice with trusted brands like Whirlpool, Maytag, KitchenAid, Genair, and many more. Shop Marcella's Appliance Center in-store, online, or by phone. We're here for you. And now, back to Honorado and Bagnardi. Brought to you by Alpenhouse. All right, the breaking news here is that James Harden has been traded from Brooklyn to Philadelphia. Sean is laughing, but I can tell this is not a happy smile from him. You well, said in the newsroom yeah. before the show you didn't want Brooklyn to blow this thing up. You wanted Sean Marks to give this group an opportunity to win. We know Harden is a free agent going into next year. I can't imagine Philly makes this deal without knowing he'll sign a long-term extension given the assets they have traded, two first-round picks most notably. Ben Simmons wasn't going to play for this team ever again. So to me, it's the two first-round picks that jump out at me. And Seth Curry, who's one of the best three-point shooters in the league. Your thoughts, Bags? All right, so I did say to you, my A plan would be to keep the big three together because we haven't really seen the big three, not the way that we had envisioned it, not even close. I wanted them to give this team a chance. And that's a reeling right now. They've lost eight in a row. <laughs> yeah, I was dipping into the pick six. Um, but I was trying to say, don't be a prisoner of the moment here. Just focus on getting these three guys healthy and all on the court for the playoffs. And you got as good a chance as anybody. The league is wide open. Yep. I, I wanted to see the big three. That was the experiment. And ending that experiment before you even get to see it kind of feels like a failure. So that being said, I, I want and I think at the end of the day, Harden really gave you the best chance to win. But now let's look at the trade, right? I think, first of all, it became the Nets said they weren't going to move Harden. Then it became clear that he wanted out. And I think at that point you have to move him because if he wants out and you know you're not going to be able to re-sign him, you've got to get as much for him as you can. The Nets, of course, did get a lot in this trade, as you would expect. Simmons, we'll see. I'm not the biggest Ben Simmons yeah. fan, but if he's playing for this team and he's committed, he's, of course, an all-star guy. He's a guy you can't have on the court late in the game because you can't trust him to hit a free throw. And the guy just can't make jump shot. All right? But with really good Kevin, defender. But, but he's a good defender. And with Kevin Durant out on the court and Kyrie Irving out on the court, you know, you don't need that offensive load from him, especially late in games. So hopefully he doesn't have the ball in his hand for there even to be a foul. You can just use him for his defense late. So it is what it is with Ben Simmons. He was the guy who had to come across if you were going to trade hard in Philly. Right. Seth Curry, like you said, is a really good shooter. And that's neat shooting. Joe Harris has missed almost the whole season. And that is a big gaping hole for them. Also, Andre Drummond, let's not overlook that because one of the biggest issues the Nets have had for the last two seasons, even with all the superstars they have, is controlling the glass. Yep. Right, they allow way too many second chance points because other teams get rebounds. Drummond is a is a perennial all time rebound guy, and you're going to need him if you're really going to compete in the Eastern Conference against the likes of Giannis and Joel Embiid. Now, so you're going to want him out there. So I, you know, and then the picks. I mean, the picks are huge to bring back two first round picks. So like. If we have to get rid of him because he doesn't want to be there, I'm at least happy with what they got in return. I wonder what it does to their championship chances this season. Talk to I, me about that. Do you think, do you like their odds better now than before? 
James Harden's a really good player. He was starting to throw the ball around a lot in his last couple games. You could tell he was getting frustrated oh, with the whole yeah, he was done. He's been frustrated with Kyrie not not playing with the team. He was frustrated, I think, with a lot of the COVID stuff, guys in and out, and just hard to really find his footing. Because there was a time there when it seemed like he was actually really committed. And I know it was maybe a, sh- a way shorter window than you would want, but it seemed like he was in and he was the one having trouble getting others in, not yeah. Kevin Durant, of course. Yep. Um, and I felt like he wanted to play with Kevin Durant, and I thought that Kevin Durant wanted him to be there because – and look, I don't think they do this unless Durant signs off too. So, which he probably – I'm sure this was Harden said, look, I want out, and Durant was like, yeah, then you got to go, man. Yep. You know? Yep. Um, who, would, who do you who do you like who do you like better today to win it all, Philly or Brooklyn? If you had to put money down on one of these two teams to win it all, Philly or Brooklyn today? If both teams are healthy, I put yes. it on Brooklyn because of Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is the difference. He's the best player in the world. He's the best scorer on the planet. And and ultimately, if you have him out there, I like your chances a little bit better. The East is is good. I mean, the East is. Miami is really good. You can't sleep on Milwaukee, right? They're the champions. So this is something that I think you move hard into another team that you're competing with to win this conference. So it's it's hard to look at. I mean, he's a really good player. I I don't want to say it's like like an even swap in terms of where I view their percentage on, on winning. I I feel like you come down a little bit, but I still would favor them in the East if they're all February 10th, as we do this show, is Ben Simmons playing in a game for the Nets before March 1st? Well, the Nets are big on ramping guys up, whatever the hell that means. They, they always got to ramp up guys when they've been out for a while. Steve Nash says that all the time. Um, look, they need him. They He's have- not injured. He's not injured. He should be in good enough shape that, you know, five solid practices gets him into game. Game so, shape where he can play twenty minutes. Way. Yeah, let's look at the calendar here because you got the, their their last game here is a week from today before the All Star break. You have an entire week off, and then their next game back is so he uh, won't play before the All Star break. This is will this not is, play. Yes, yeah. yeah. so the first game back here at home against the Celtics on February twenty fourth. I want to see Ben Simmons on the floor in that game. There's February no twenty fourth. Yeah, no reason for him not to be. I, I mean, got one, two. Weeks I got one away. more for you here. Yeah. Okay. Got one more for you here. Knowing what we know, can't go back in time, but I'm still just curious as a fan. Do you like where the Nets are now? Simmons, Durant, Kyrie, Drummond, Curry, two firsts, compared to where they were, Durant, Curry, uh, Durant, Irving, Levert, Allen, Harris. Which version of the Nets do you like, pre-James Harden or post-James Harden? Well, it's interesting now, too, because Karis LeVert just wound up with Cleveland, so he he's going to play with Jared Allen again, and we might be able to see how those two really explode in the East because Cleveland's another team completely on the way up in the Eastern Conference. Um, I like where they are now, I think, especially because of those picks, right? Okay. Yeah. So I, I think the middle version might be the best when you really have those big three, but I like where they are after the trade compared to where they were before. And I certainly like where they are now compared to where they might've been less than a year from now, if Harden walked. I mean, that, so I that, hear that. And look, if you're Brooklyn, you feel like this guy is not sticking around. If we don't trade him, we have to get something for him. Right. And you know, look at this as like, 
okay, we're now, maybe our chances go down just a little bit this season. Maybe, maybe they don't, but maybe they go down just a little bit. We still really like our chances in the East and to go give this thing a shot if we're all healthy. And now it's not just a one year window. Maybe we extend that another couple of years, keep Durant happier for longer and, and try to go get something next year or the year after with these guys built a little bit more around not worrying about James Harden walking out the door. Much as we talk about the picks with a team as good as Philly, what is the real value of a first round pick? 2027 is the one that you can look at and say, what is Embiid five years from now? Is the body kind of broken down a little bit on him? Are they are they as good as they currently are? Like next year's first round pick, eh, what is it going to do for you? It's, it's going to be a late first rounder. It gives you some ammunition to, to move up if you want, but but how valuable is it, really I think, is what job. the naysayers would say. No, and the Nets have done a good job with late first-round picks. I think Cam Thomas is going to be a good True. player. Yeah, okay. Even a guy like like Dayron Sharp, who they brought in. They, they've done – Sean Marks has done a good job showing he can get value late in the draft, but it just gives you more pieces, too, if you need to make another move down the road. I mean, you never know when Kyrie Irving is going to be happy and you need to you know move him and package it with something to try to get another – whatever it is. The, the ultimate thing is it's about keeping Kevin Durant happy. That's the most important thing. Um, this move, I guess he was okay with. It's sad to see the big three experiment not really come to fruition, but at the end of the day, I still think they're in okay shape in the Eastern Conference. All right, quick timeout here. We are not going far. We're back in 15 seconds. Michaela Schifrin struggles. Everybody's talking about it. The gold medal performances from people like Nathan Chen and Chloe Kim, people are buzzing about that from what's going on in Beijing. We've got the Popeyes Louisiana Fast Minute still to come on today's show. And news from Major League Baseball in terms of the labor conversations. We're back in literally 15 seconds. Hang on. This year, get free golf at the Empire Golf Expo, February 26th and 27th at the Albany Capital Center. Over 20 free rounds of golf with every ticket, discounted apparel and equipment. Meet CBS Sports announcer Donnie Pepper. Resale tickets at EmpireGolfExpo.com. All right, Shawnee, we are back here on Honorado and Bagnardi. Yes, the Golf Expo, and we'll tell you a little bit more about that later on in the show. And we'll have Dottie Pepper live in studio nice. as well at News Channel 13 uh, coming up in full. Take me full. A couple Son of weeks. You, you took the – you just ruined the magic of television when you took the, the wider – look at this. <laughs> Why did you take the shot that showed off – I mean, unbelievable. All right, go back. How come you could you didn't hang up like some notes on the cork board to make it look like you're busy? I'm not busy. I'm talking to you about James Harden getting traded. There's something with this the program we use where certain things you do, it it makes the shot look wider. Right. No, I get it. Not much I can do about that. Olympics, right? Come on, let's go. We got a lot to get in here in 20 minutes. <laughs> All right, let's do it here. Uh listen, the the biggest thing going right now is the way Michaela Schifrin is struggling. She is a world downer. You are Chloe Kim wins a gold. Chen Nathan Chen wins a gold in figure skating. Yeah, we're yeah. on the board here now, and you're gonna you want to go to the negative. What, what are what are people talking about most, especially with Schifrin about to go in uh in the Super G yeah. on Thursday night into Friday? People want to know. Okay, how is she going to perform? What is the mentality of this world class skier right now? How do you explain what's happening here? And and do you 
are we going to make the, I don't know that it's a leap. It feels like a little bit of a leap to the Simone Biles comparison here. We'll see how Schifrin does. She's not dropping out of the Olympics. She's not stepping away from the sport. She actually sounded pretty confident now ahead of the Super G. But, man, I don't know about you. Maybe it's my old age here, but I feel for her. Like, I think there were there were times in my life where I'd be like, what is going on with this athlete? But with Schifrin, you see her sitting on the side of the course for half an hour and I'm like, how do you even get upset about this? She's she's crushed. Well, this is, of course, what makes winning so special is because of just how difficult it is. And especially in Olympic competition, when you have to train for so long and wait so long in between. And then it's literally one mistake, right? Yeah. Cost yeah. you not just a medal, but cost you from being on the podium. And in something like skiing, I mean, I joked today when I came in, we're going to see Michaela slipping back on the hill tonight. But but it literally is as small as a slip, right, that can that can ruin your entire Olympics. And, you know, you heard her after her the second time she didn't get down clean. You heard her talking about, like, you know, she's questioning the last, you know, 17 years or whatever it's been now of her life because of this. And it's like, well, that to me, that's that's just raw emotion, her coming down the hill, right? after after a defeat but yeah there's a mental aspect to this man that's really hard to judge and i think it is a big part of again what makes winning so special when you can go out there and not just have the physical ability but the mental ability to overcome a lot of this stuff and look i hope i hope she does that i hope she does overcome it in her next event and it, it's just it's a part of what makes the olympics different from other sports that does make it fun to watch I think she has a bit. Uh, you you could be watching this on Saturday or back on social media, and I'm and I'm. I think she has a big super G race. Big. I'm not. I'm not saying gold, but I think she has a. I think, I think she bounces back in a big, big way. Well, don't tell her because obviously the pressure is not something that she handles too well. No, I'm you kidding. Are it's not. Else. No, and you know why too? I don't even think it's about that, right? To me, I agree. Is, I agree. It, it's it's literally as difficult as slipping. You're, you're skiing on a course that you've never been on and all the snow had to be made. It's all fake. You, the shots are so funny when you see these dry mountains behind them and they're skiing down on like it, it's really, really difficult to do. The Simone Biles thing, that's different, right? Because that is something that she even described. Not that it's all just specific to gymnastics, but something that you see in gymnastics a lot when it's like, you, you get in the air and it's like you're afraid or something doesn't click on how you're going to come down the right way to the point where you just can't do it because it's not safe. I don't think she's at that level of it. I think she's just made a couple of mistakes that have cost her in some key races here in the Olympics. And now that takes a mental toll on you. But you're right, man. I'm, I'm rooting for her and I hope she does have a big bounce back. All right. So you want the positive. Here it is. Nathan Chen was phenomenal. I don't know if you saw his his routine in the free skate. It was Awesome compilation of Elton John songs, man. It was it was entertaining. He is a thrilling athlete when he leaves the ice. Uh, it, he's incredible. He wins gold. He had a record score in the men's short program, which he really struggled in four years ago in Pyeongchang. Uh, and then Chloe Kim in the half pipe. Now the first female to win multiple snowboard gold medals in this event. She's only 21 two rock stars, man, 22 and 21 years old. 
Yep. And we got Sean White still to look forward to, too, who's on the other side of it, right? The, yeah. the guy who yeah. is the old man who we used to watch now doing it. The, the Olympics, the biggest thing about the Olympics, even bigger than the sport, the sports are the stars. And you need to have stars that stand out in your country. And most countries have at least one or two, I think, who stand out for them. Certainly the bigger countries we know. Um but this has been a game, an Olympic Games, that I was a little worried. Like, are we going to have those those stars who really emerge? Are we just going to – obviously, we know the NHL guys aren't out there in hockey, so that that kind of takes away from that. It, not having, like, household names. Not that anybody who plays hockey is a household name. Oh, <laughs> But, you know, were these guys – Schifrin was, like, the biggest one, you know, right, going in. And we talked about her struggle. So it's like – considering that you need to have these other stars really step up. Of course, Chloe Kim was the favorite in, in her event and she, she yeah. lived up to that. So she's another one. And Chen too. Heavy favorite. Chen, yeah. But it's like, these guys aren't some of the, the names of Olympics past, right? Where you just know them going in. We know them because we're, we're an NBC station and we cover okay. the Olympics, but I don't know that these, these names are as popular. Everybody knows Sean White. Right. But I don't know that these ones are quite on that level. And you need to keep doing this. You need to keep the winning going so that you do become that kind of household name, like a Michael Phelps, for instance. OK, you know? but let's but let's stick to the Winter Games, because that yeah. that's the fair comparison here. I, I'm going to throw some names out you and out of people watching it. Are, are these names that you knew going into each Winter Games? Bonnie Blair? Apollo Anton Ono, they just both happen to be oh, speed, ono, speed skaters. Yeah. Um, I mean, Dan Jansen was a speed skater that had lofty expectations on him. But but are there a lot of winter Olympians that well, maybe that's that, part of the issue? Uh, like, I mean, yeah, there are no everybody, like, Pe everybody like, knows Simone Biles going in. Everybody knows that name. Everybody. Okay, but like Peekaboo Street was it was a big name in downhill. Uh Bodie Miller was a big name in downhill yeah um sean white's been around now five olympic games so i know you mentioned him as the one kind yeah. of household name that everybody knows I, I don't know are we making a distinction here between the winter olympics and the summer games that that maybe could know. be yeah it could be i'm just saying like for the olympics to be real successful especially in this country i think you really need the stars to carry it as opposed to just the the sports themselves and i'm going to get into that more in my louisiana fast minute so i don't want to I don't want to blow up all that, but um, yeah, it's about the medals. We want to win. Give us the medals in this country. That's what we want. And we want gold, by the way. That's another I part know. of it. How bad took are we? Country, took this country too long to get its first gold medal in these games. And now we're talking about these two names because they got the gold. They got to the top of the podium, not just on the podium. That's not good enough for Team USA. Not good enough. Yeah, we are we are terrible that you know we look at the medal count and you want to be first there, but then it's like, well, we we need more gold. So we don't want to we don't want to lose the gold medal. We don't care about the silver and bronze count. We want the total and we want the gold medal. And that's and and we are critical when it comes to that stuff. Because the Olympics is about being the best in the world, not being about the second best or the third best. It's about being the best in the world, putting yourself up against people from every other country in that sport and saying, we are the best. I am the best. And to do that, it's got to be the gold medal. It's got to be. All right. Another really quick timeout here. We're back in less than a minute with the Louisiana Fast Minute. If you're overweight, if you snore, don't wait for your next physical to find out you have sleep apnea. It could cost you your job. Call Dr. Frederick Dreyer at the Integrative Sleep Center for a game-changing alternative in sleep apnea treatment and get a good night's rest. Teams. 
athletes, organizations. We're transforming the custom apparel industry through products and purpose. Claim your crown. Wondering what to do now that your Philips CPAP was recalled? Dr. Frederick Dreyer has a safe and effective alternative treatment for sleep apnea. Just pop it in and get a good night's rest. Keep your quality of life. Call the Integrative Sleep Center today. We work with all insurances. And now, back to Honorado and Bagnardi. Brought to you by Alpen House. Breaking news in this show is that James Harden's been traded from Brooklyn to Philadelphia. NBA trade deadline, wild so far, although the writing was on the wall that this deal would probably get done, and it is. Ben Simmons and Seth Curry and Andre Drummond and two first-round picks go back to the Nets for James Harden and Paul Millsap. Uh, Bags, as you look at the snow on the ground, I know you won't believe me, but golf season is right around the corner, and that is why I'm here to tell you about the Empire Golf Expo, February 26th and 27th, so end of this month, and we will have a conversation with Dottie Pepper before any of that happens. But if you go to the Expo, you'll have an opportunity to meet our good friend Dottie, to pick up her outstanding book, which we've talked about on this show with her. And at the Expo, you'll find discounted apparel and equipment, 20 free rounds of golf with every ticket. So you go to the expo, you're going to get free golf as well. EmpireGolfExpo.com. Check it out February 26th and 27th at the Albany Capital Center. We'll get back to the, what the Nets did. We'll get back to the Super Bowl prediction uh, later on in the show. But before we do that, Shawnee, let's do the Louisiana Fast Minute. And our proud sponsor of this segment is Popeye's. And each and every week, Sean and I will deliver our Louisiana Fast Minute, minute and five seconds, <laughs> minute. minute 10 on a bad day. But Bags, you are up first, brother. Are you ready to go on the clock? I'm ready. Do I have to unmute myself here or no? Uh, no, you're now? good to go. Okay. You ready? Here we go. I'm ready. All right, Chris. So for my Louisiana Fast Minute, I am talking about the Winter Games, as I mentioned. In particular, why they might not be as popular as we would want them to be. Ratings are down nationally, and they're not just down, they're down bad. According to Sports Illustrated, and this came out two days ago, so this was after the first four days of competition, NBC is on track for the lowest rated Winter Olympics in American television history. That's not good, and we work at an NBC station, Chris. This pays your salary here, I hope you know. Um, through the first four nights, well, let's do a Friday night's coverage. Friday, the big night, averaged 12.8 million viewers. That's NBC, USA, and Peacock, that's down from 27.8 million on average four years ago. For me, the Winter Games, Chris, and I talked about, you need to have the star power, right? For me, the Winter Games, though, present a little bit of a problem. The Summer Games, we can watch what's going on and pretty much get it and say that person's faster than that person on the track. The Winter Games, Chloe Kim, for instance, you see her right here. She's in the half pipe. Love it. Her run looks exactly the same as the 10 people who went before. I know it's not, but it looks exactly the same. So we can't appreciate it. We're not smart enough. And the more exotic the sports get, the cooler they get, the more fun they get maybe to watch, but only for a short time. Like take the luge, for instance, and I know that's been around forever. You watch it and it's like, I haven't seen this in four years. It's amazing. They're flying down the track. But then you're like, okay, 
this is exactly the same. Every run is exactly the same unless somebody goes flying off and gets hurt, which you don't want to see. So for me, it's like the exotic nature of the winter sports can hurt it because it's really cool for a little bit, but we don't understand it enough. And then it's just more of the same over and over. Somebody, please, I hope, was keeping a clock beyond the buzzer. I mean, that's a minute and a half. Well, I got, first of all, I got fouled during it. So I get the free throw after. I I mean, look, do do you not agree with me that when you Uh, watch these games, did you watch Chloe Kim in the half pipe? I did. Me too. I got home last night, ice castles in Lake George. Very cool. Yeah. Um, and and we did. We we threw the TV on, watched Chloe Kim in the half pipe. I love her, man. She I think she is so awesome. And and I was going to then stay up for Nathan Chen. Go ahead, tell me what happened to you. Well, I was gonna stay up for Nathan Chen too, but NBC kept saying, Hey, he's gonna be on at 1040, leading me yeah. to believe he's gonna be on the ice skating at 1040. Yeah. No. Not until after midnight does this guy actually skate. So I went to bed. Yeah, and um, I actually watched the routine when I got into work about 245. <laughs> Chloe Kim, fine, right? She, But she she does her first run. She knows she's going to win the gold. She's crying. It's emotional. And then we still have to sit through two more runs of her where she's not going to be challenged. To yep. me, that wasn't. But, I, again, we watched it, and it's like, yeah, I get it. She's doing an extra flip or one extra spin on, on this jump versus somebody else, so it puts her way over the top. But it's like – I didn't see that when it happened, and neither did you. You're not an expert. And you watch people go skiing. Everybody doing the downhill, they're flying down the mountain at 85 miles an hour. One guy comes in, you know, four hundredths of a second faster than the other guy, and it's like, all right. But it doesn't look any different. It looks the same, so it becomes boring after a while. It's boring. People are bored by these Olympics. That's why they're not watching. So how about this as a as a quick but not so easy fix? What if we had a giant mountain and you could race everybody at once? Now that I would yeah, tune in. And for. I watch it. They do that with the snowboarding, right? Where they all go down. It's That's fun to watch. Supercross or whatever they call yes. it. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That's fun. But I'm most of you. these events are, they become so repetitive. And it's and we don't understand them enough. We don't understand why how a guy can turn his luge or the bobsled in, in one going up one little corner that makes up a fraction of a second difference. Figure skating, it all looks the same. You don't, you can't tell. Your human eye can't tell if a guy does four spins or three, no. and that's the biggest difference in the world in that competition. Yeah. Okay. So you say it's the it's the sports as to why people aren't watching. I say it's the time difference. If no. if prime no. time had live coverage that was dependable. Right, that you could have a schedule knowing Chen's going to skate at ten o'clock, yeah, and and Kim's going to be in the the half pipe at eight. Th- yeah, I, I if it was that helps. If it was, I don't even just have to be in America. If it's in the same time zone, and I know that every night I am getting events that have not been run before. Okay, it's not tape delayed, and I can rely on the schedule holding. Yeah, I think the ratings are still good. I I think this is a time difference thing. I also let me. I texted you this too. NBC's pushing a lot to Peacock, a lot to Peacock. Well, that and number so Peacock, the right. ratings you're talking about that Sports Illustrated's that included, citing. The one that included Peacock from the Friday night viewing. But okay. listen, the biggest the, the biggest issue for me is not the sports. It's that 
You don't have the stars. And if you don't have the stars, then the sports aren't enough to carry it. You need big time superstars. People will watch for if you had Michelle Kwan out there and people, you know, people who are just these automatic names who come to mind, they're going to watch them even if they don't understand the sport that much. Chloe Kim. Okay. Nathan Chen. Fine. Maybe you had that a little bit yesterday. You'll get Sean White, Schifrin too. But in the absence of those big stars, the sports aren't enough to carry it because we just don't get them. We don't get them. Okay. Ash says track and swimming, very repetitive in the same way too. I, and I would agree, but it's, it's side-by-side racing. Yes. The pool you can see just like on the track. It's like, okay, yep. Michael Johnson is, is uh, three feet ahead of the guy. We can appreciate that. You know, I get it. Okay. All right. I'm going on the clock here. My Louisiana fast minute brought to you by Popeye's. And it is the news that Tom Brady bags this week on his podcast left the door ajar. This guy knows every single step of his career and life. This is no fluke. He did not misspeak. He wasn't caught off guard by some question. Tom Brady says, I'm not ruling anything out. I'm going to take it as it comes. I don't know how I feel six months from now. Those were his words on his podcast with Jim Gray. And I'm telling you, this is great drama for the NFL. And I also think that Brady's being genuine. I think there's a real chance he comes back. We've talked about it on this show that it was perhaps more the circumstances of this Buccaneers roster and team that led Brady to say, don't want to do it anymore. Led the NFL in passing yards, passing touchdowns, completions. At 44 years old, going to be second in the NFL MVP vote. You're telling me this guy can't and still doesn't want to play? I don't buy it. I think Tom Brady absolutely would come back given the right situation. Okay, so bottom line it for me then. Do you, do you think he plays again? No. Because the right situation won't be there. Yes. What yep. would be the best situation for him if he were to come back, say, not next year, but the year after? Could he afford to sit out a year at his age? Yes. Are you going to doubt this man of doing anything physically on a football field? No, but isn't it different, though, in terms of the interest level from teams a year plus from now instead of no, no, this is the greatest quarterback of all time, and it isn't even close. The people who used to make the argument that it was Joe Montana, and I was one of them, you, you can't make that argument anymore. It's not even close. A team like the Niners, okay, let's say Garoppolo's gone, and they start Trey Lance, and Lance is a disaster, and the Niners have a top six pick, and Brady's sitting at home and thinks, that was a team I grew up rooting for. I could do a year in the Bay Area. I could try to get my childhood team to a Super Bowl title. Are you telling me the Niners are going to say, eh, hey, Tom, we're good. No, thanks. Now, I know they didn't want him when he was leaving New England. That's that's publicized and, and, and pretty well documented at this point. And I think that ticked him off. But I still think he would go play for them because that is a good situation. What about the Jets? No, I'll get out of here. I'm thinking to myself, Packers trade Rodgers. They signed Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah the, the the natural choice to see him retire in a certain uniform would be to go to New England, but obviously they're pretty happy with Mac Jones right now, and, and that relationship with Belichick I don't think would ever allow that no. to happen anyway, but that would be the fit to me where it's like you'd want him to retire um, just for the sake of the documentary that's going to air in 10 years. But, yeah. I 
I would like to see him come back and play football. I know, me too. Isn't that funny for a guy who spent a lot of time not liking him and rooting against him? He's because you and I appreciate the value of good storylines. Like, yeah, we are fans first, but but after that, we want drama and good storylines, and we want you know you need villains. And I don't know if Brady's a villain anymore, but but if he comes back and kind of heel turns and goes to play for a contender uh, and wins again. Nick says <sighs> Dallas. 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 How about him with Sean Payton in a year and a half, two years? Right, right. They they decide, let's go team up somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go team up somewhere. I don't know. Okay. All right. Let's get your final thoughts here on the Harden deal. Yeah. Before we say goodbye. This was the breaking news in the show. Uh, we'll give you our picks here. As well, before we say goodbye, but Bags, James Harden is no longer a Brooklyn net. He is going to Philadelphia. And today, as we stand here, Sixers, uh, man, I need these two teams to meet in the playoffs. Need these two, because there is animosity between Joel Embiid and everybody yeah. in the NBA, which is great. He he is a great character for the league. And then you throw Harden in there. Yo, look, Durant and Kyrie can can play buddy-buddy with the beard, having been short-time teammates with him, but you know there would be such a fire that burns to try to knock Harden out of the playoffs after he said, I want to go to another situation that I believe is better than this one. True, although I think it's him wanting to leave in this case, I think is more the Nets' fault than his fault, uh, or the circumstances surrounding the Nets, I guess you would say. This, this is different than him leaving or wanting out of Houston. I know, obviously, he's going to get this reputation now as, as this kind of guy, and that's maybe fair, maybe unfair. But the reality is there was that window here with the Nets where I think he was all in and felt like he wasn't getting the same, especially from Kyrie Irving, and and he was having his frustrations with this team. So it kind of is what it is. I'm going to – again, I'm sad to see him go as a fan. I still think the big three – you know, there's sort of the – the part of me that wanted to see it just because we were all in on that and we're invested in that. And then the bigger part of me, I think still says that gives them the best chance to win, but they're a, they're a, a more complete team now. I mean, now is Kyrie going to, I don't know. Is Kyrie now the point guard again? I mean, is Ben Simmons yeah. the point guard? I think Kyrie no, has to go yeah, back to yeah. being the point guard because, and I think that's fine. I mean, you know, that's, I don't know. It, it's going to be really interesting to see this team, but again, just like it was when they had Harden, they all have to get healthy. They all have to get right, decide what they're doing about Kyrie Irving. Is he going to play in home games this year? Is the mandate going to change in New York City? Are they going to say, the heck with the mandate, we'll pay the fine if we get to the playoffs? Right now, the Nets have lost eight in a row, and they're sitting in the play-in spot. They're not even in the playoffs right now. So they've got work to do, and they need guys on the court. So i got to get Ben Simmons out there very soon. Uh, join us Super Bowl Sunday live from Saratoga National. Harrison Butker, the Chiefs Super Bowl champion kicker, will be with us from 5 to 6. He will be in person. Pumped to meet him and to have him on the show. We'll get you ready for kickoff between the Rams and the Bengals. Bags and I both are picking the Rams to win. Uh, we may end up rooting for the Bengals. I don't know what the heck's going to happen either. By the way, there's a nice fun sidebar happening here where Ashley is challenging people to name Olympians from the past summer games, which we just had, and Sam is trying to come back to the whole Olympic conversation here has really flown off 
the rails. Thanks for watching Honorado and Bagnardi, everybody. Come back, hang out with us Sunday night from Saratoga National at 5 o'clock. Thank you.